0: I'm an American.
1: Welcome to the Liberty Moms Show. I'm Chris Kimball. I'm hosting today, and the Liberty Moms are the real defenders of the home front. They are the secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their family, and their community. And um, you don't want to mess with a Liberty Mom. They can become um, very possessive Um You've heard of mama bears. Liberty moms can turn into mama bears. That's been known to happen. And we also want to make sure that Liberty dads are included as well, because when we're protecting our families, it takes both a mom and a Liberty dad to uh, make that home front safe from whatever, whatever the enemy is out there. And we're definitely in a time where we have lots of different enemies that are trying to attack our families our children, and our communities. And today, I am pleased to have as my guest this morning uh, Mike McClowski from Texas. He is the um, Mighty American Strike Force. He's the Rocky Mountain Regional Director. And I brought him on um, because the uh, MASF, or Mighty American Strike Force, has been involved in uh, really, helping us uh, in our in our communities in in the reelection of uh, President Trump. And I believe, in his first campaign. And so Mike, that's what I wanted to kind of ask is, how did the mighty American strike force get started? And how did that get initiated and when and why?
2: Well, the Mighty American Strike Force really began with the George Bush campaign and it started out as the Mighty Mighty Texan Strike Force. Uh, George Bush was running in 2000. They started going and working his campaign when he was uh, campaigning in the primary in Iowa. And then they went with him around the United States. And then uh, it kind of went from there and through the the general election. And then the, the folks took it nationwide. And they um, have since then been working in uh, national campaigns all around the country uh, ever since.
1: Wow. Okay. So I learned something new. I had no idea that it went back that far. So that goes back to so two thousand. So it's it's an organization that's been around for
2: twenty years. That, that's right. I've I've been, I've been involved since two thousand, and um, you know it's a great opportunity to go and help folks in a lot of states and, one of, the, one of the experiences that I've come to find is um, some folks have experienced that doing the door-to-door campaigning and the telephone making and some states so. not So, you know, so we have an opportunity you with know, uh, educating voters and turning them out. A lot of times we're also educating our volunteers, you know, in, a, in the states we go into and helping them uh, organize better. So we've had a lot of opportunities where we've gotten to do that.
1: All right. So that's, uh, that would be my experience. I was in a, I would, I heard about the uh, MASF, um, here in Utah through, um, uh, Lisa Shepard is our, is our director here. And then, um, Tim Alders has been out working, um, and coordinating efforts from, uh, I guess from the Utah base. And, uh, And so that's kind of how I heard about it, and I went out and worked in Michigan prior to the um, presidential election the week before, and then also went down on the recount. So the recount would have been, not the recount, sorry, we were down in Las Vegas gathering evidence for um, what looked to be voter fraud down in Nevada. So that's kind of different. You've not had to do that before, or did you? I mean, Bush went through a... Uh, a court, a lawsuit. Did you have to go and help on the aftermath of that?
2: Uh, well, I wasn't involved in 2000, uh, but at that time, I remember it was only one state. Florida was the only state that was the issue at the time. And that was more a case for attorneys that, you know, they sent hundreds of attorneys to Florida, uh, so you know, for that election. So you no, know, the strike force really wasn't involved in that. And then in 2016, uh, with President Trump, you know, it, it was decided the next, you know, there that night or the next morning. So you know, there was not a need last time to do that. I mean, this this election truly is different than anything we've ever seen.
1: Yes, that would fit the theme of 2020, right?
2: Absolutely. Well, and you know. <laughs> in Michigan and then going to Nevada and all of that. Um, I'm in the hotel business. So one of the things I've done is coordinate uh, the hotels for the volunteers where they stay. See, so I feel pretty certain you've stayed in the hotels that, I have, uh, <laughs> that I've set up for y'all when you did those, those trips.
1: Okay, so you're the one behind that, yeah. So um, that's what's great is uh, because of your work, um, volunteers who, uh, you know, you're volunteering, so that means um, expenses and um, travel and hotels. But you end up getting pretty decent rates for us um, when we do show up to volunteer. So well, that's
2: that's right. nice. you know, and, I, and I, you know, I, you know, I let them know that you know, we have volunteers. You know, you're out of own pocket. I mean, you know, folks are willing to, to travel to another state and spend their own money and do that. So we try to make it as cost effective as possible. Plus the fact that when you get there, you know, it, we don't want you to spend your time worrying on the logistics of you know, hotel reservation and you, know, and, you know, trying to find a place that's appropriate. We, we try to make it easy for you so that when you get there, you are able to spend your time doing the work that you want there to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to have to be, well, a lot of times that's something that can hold people back from volunteering is there's too many logistics and they don't want to worry about it. So that's, what's great about the uh, MASF is um, even right now with uh, the The new deployment that you're putting into Georgia, there is uh, plenty of upfront information about um, where to stay and the area that you're working in. But um, do you feel, um, has MASF made a difference, an impact oh, in these elections? Not just absolutely. this one that with- you, you look at the
2: 2016 election and how close some of the states were in President Trump's favor, like Pennsylvania, like Michigan, like Wisconsin you know, we certainly could have made that difference to, you know, that got him over the top. So yes, it's been really important. And one of the things that we are very, too, is we're very um, flexible in that, you know, a lot of times we'll have people that are intended to go to one place and we'll say, no, we need to divert them somewhere else. For as an example, for this election, we had some people that were going into Iowa and last minute we said, no, can you go to Wisconsin instead? And we diverted them. Of course, President Trump won Iowa, so we didn't need folks there but needed people in Wisconsin. And so we, we saw that at the last minute, we asked folks to redirect to a different place. And so that's part of what we did. And it's like you going to Michigan, Michigan was a very last minute um, planning on that trip to make that possible. After the election in Las Vegas, I know. So, um, you know, each one of those, I mean, our, our people that are, a lot of times, you know, they may not know they're going to week before or, or, or even less. So um, we appreciate the fact of the flexibility that, that people are, you know, the, it, it's really a servant's heart. You know, the people really, I'm just willing to serve, send me, you know, send me and wherever that is, just send me. Uh, and they're willing to do that. And so that's, that's a real blessing, you know, that people have that, that willingness to serve like that.
1: Well, and it's kind of it's kind of exciting because when you're in a um, uh, in a campaign, or uh, it's kind of like you you have to look at strategy. You have to um, cut your losses, or you've got so much um, resources here, or you can see that uh, people are needed more in this area, and so you really feel like um, I know for me when I was in Michigan, I really felt like, gosh, this is the final. Um, four days before people actually turn out to vote because uh, many of the people that we talked to as we knocked on doors were actually waiting for election day. It was, it, that was by far um, the, the majority of people that we talked to. And uh, so there was a lot of excitement and buildup. And then you, <clears throat> excuse me, you actually have an understanding of his support when you can go and talk to that voter face-to-face you really know where their support is laying.
2: Well, that's true. And also, you know, I, I really think of our volunteers. It's very courageous to do that. I mean, you know, you're getting out of your comfort zone, you know, maybe leaving your home community where you might be more comfortable knocking on somebody's door and going to Michigan, going to a different state and, and doing that. I mean, you don't know people. I mean, you're only going to be there for a few days and, you know, just go and, and say, I'm willing to go and knock on people's doors that I don't know and, and I don't even live there and I don't know the neighborhoods or anything else. I mean, that's that really a lot of courage to do that. And I really respect the fact that people have that willingness to serve.
1: Well, and I want our listeners to know that if they um, are interested in wanting to do this, we, we've got more information that we want to talk about um, when we come back from our break. But <clears throat> there is training. You're not sent out there um, by yourself. Um, you're usually with, with teams and other people. So it's not... Um, a big bad scary thing but it definitely is um you're making a difference and so we are um, going to take a short break here we're the liberty mom show mike mccloskey is my guest and we'll be back after this short short break
0: You know what stinks? Overpaying for things, and that includes your cell phone bill. That's why every day people are switching to Pure Talk USA. You get the exact
2: same coverage as the larger carriers, but at half the cost, with no contract and no excessive fees. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data all for just $20 a month. The average person saves $400 a year. Go to puretalkusa.com, enter the promo code off, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code off. Pure Talk USA,
0: simply smarter wireless.
3: You've heard me talking about my pillow for three years. Folks, it's the truth. I get the best sleep of my life with a MyPillow. You can do it too. 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty made in the USA. You'll sleep well or you'll get your money back. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, use my promo code USA, get two MyPillow premium pillows for the price of one or call 1-800-951-8175.
4: Get the best sleep of your life and do it now. Balance of Nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
1: When I first switched over, because I stopped taking the other supplements I was taking and switched over all the way to Balance of Nature, I really noticed a huge difference. It was amazing. Like better sleep, better attention, better energy. It was just really, really great.
4: Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. Welcome back to the Liberty
1: Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting today, and I have been talking with uh, Mike McCloskey from Texas. He is with the Mighty American Strike Force, MASF, as they call themselves, and he is the Rocky Mountain Regional Director, and so he's the one that organizes um, groups of people to go out and help on um, the election campaigns, and we talked a lot about the work we did or the work that they've done in the past. And uh, right now, it, there's a, a different um, – um, it's probably different than what you've ever done before because um, you're going into the Senate races. I mean, before, you've always kind of focused on the presidential election. Is that correct?
2: Well, I mean, we we always work on the federal candidates. That includes the Senate, the Senate candidates and the congressional candidates. And uh, that's primarily what, what we've done. Of course, you know now that you know we're down to just the two Georgia Senate races, and they're still very important. And um, you know, and I mean, regardless of what happens ultimately in the presidential race, uh, we need to make sure there's a Republican majority that is maintained in the uh, Senate. Uh, as I tell people right now, it's 50 Republicans and 48 Democrats. And if uh, who, you know, if it's 50-50, whoever is the Vice President would determine who the majority leader is in the Senate. And we can't allow the other side to be the person that chooses Chuck Schumer. I mean, we just can't allow that to happen. So it's so important that we done work on these campaigns. And like I tell folks, if you look at the, uh, the uh, election, um, Senator Perdue was just under 50%. And if we turn out the same people that voted for him, plus the libertarian uh, vote, then that would be a majority to win that race. And then, in Senator Leftler's race, there were twenty one people running because they don't have a primary and because of a special election. And if all the Republicans, if the Republicans voted for all the Republican candidates and the libertarian candidates in that race vote for um, Kelly Leftler, then she'll win also. So it's so critical that um, that we just get people to turn out. I mean, it's it's not at all different from what from what we've been doing. And you know, we have people work in Georgia. Um, Prior, prior to November 3rd, so we just need to go back and get people to turn out again. And I believe that if we turn out, we win. I mean, you know, we know there's issues with the, um, the uh, quality of the boat count, if you will. Um, I mean, that's a separate issue and that's not really what we're there about, but we're, we're more just about turnout. We just need people to show up and vote.
1: Right, so you are you're on the front end and making sure. And and um, to be honest, it's a it's a crazy time of year to be thinking about elections. It's not the normal election cycle, and people are going through the next big holiday season, the biggest of the year, and then turning around and uh, oh wait, I need to go vote. I, there's an well, election,
2: you know. Well, it's so funny, you know, because I you know I my sister actually lives in the area where we're going, and so I'm going to. And then I'm staying for that next week. And I, you know, I started talking to people and they go, well, a lot of people take vacation the week between Christmas and New Year's anyway. And what a great time to just go and spend that week. And so that's what, what the team I'm bringing you doing. And I know others are doing the same thing. And we have you know, 10 separate uh, locations that we're deploying to pretty much uh, starting the second week of December, every week, there's an opportunity to go somewhere. And we just ask people to be you know, to be flexible and you know, go where they're needed. And, um, you know, uh, plug into one of the groups that we have and, and uh, we'll have training there. Uh, the um, the the Trump team is still involved in Georgia. They have sent 600 Trump, Trump staff members to Georgia for this election. And we'll have a Trump bill director in every one of our locations to do training on on the first day to launch our people. We work off of a phone app, help them get set up with the phone app. And then each day we'll have the, the walk all the to um, have people go out and knock on doors, so uh, they're fully engaged in that. way. I've been working direct directly with the uh, with the, uh, the Georgia coordinate, uh, Trump coordinator for the whole state uh, on this, so uh, they're they're very engaged and uh, they've been working they've been working for some time. And the other thing too, which is good to know, is the two senators are 100% united and working together, so we don't have to worry about no. Um, do we need to campaign, you know, is there a problem with campaigning for both at the same time? They are 100% together on this, and so we know when we're block walking, we're walking for both, which is, oh. which is a really important aspect of this. I mean, we're there to win both races.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's very unique. If people who are um, very into uh, the election process, normally you don't have both senators on the ballot at the same time. But my understanding for this to occur would be the fact that somebody um, filled a seat and then this is the next election cycle for them to actually be voted by the people. Is that, would that be correct? Do you know?
2: Oh, yes. Well, actually, yes, actually that's that's true. It's a uh, case that uh, uh, they had a vacancy in the Senate seat um, less than two years ago. This is the first opportunity to elect to fill that seat. That's what, That's why 21 people in that race, it was a special election, not a regular election. They don't have a primary or anything like that in that case. And that's why you're down to those two people. Um, So, yes, and and that's the reason why both happen to be on the ballot at the same time. And Georgia is one of the few states that you have to have 50% plus one to win. So even though, you know, so even though Senator Perdue was like 49.8 something percent, it wasn't 50. So that's why he has to run again.
1: Well, and, and uh, Mike, I think there's some interesting dynamics, especially in, in Senator Perdue's race, because he is so close. And with these lawsuits that are in the works right now, it's possible that you've got um, ballots that might be rejected that could influence the, um, the percentage of votes overall, right?
2: Well, certainly we're, we're going to be concerned going to be concerned. Now, now, on their ballot now is only going to be the two senators. There's nothing else. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of folks are concerned about, you know, the um, the problems that were in the November 3rd election uh, that are still on point. They're still going, They're going through their third recount right now, even uh, as we speak. And as president Trump said yesterday, you know, the problem, he this recount won't make any difference because they're not actually looking at what the problem is. And that's that they match the signatures on the mail-in ballots from the request of the ballot and then receiving the ballot. Uh, so he said, they're not even looking at that. And that's what the problem is there. And of course those same problems can happen again. Um, but we're not really, we're not there about the, um, the accuracy of the ballots, or you know, you know, whether they're valid or not, we're only there to get people to vote. I mean, really, it's all about turnout. I mean, we're, right. You know, if, if, if a lot of times in campaign, if you're like early in the year, you're identifying who your voters are. We know who the voters are. We're getting those. We're getting those same people that voted on November third to come and vote again. That's all we're doing. So it's really simple.
1: Okay, so Mike, we're in our final um, minute and a half here. So how would people get? um, signed up or, uh, yeah. How would they, how would they get signed up?
2: Okay. The best place is to, is to go to, um, the website, which is, um, uh, www.masfonline.org. Masfonline.org.
1: Okay. and
2: there's Yes. And there's a, there's a, yeah, so there's yeah. a link and they can fill out a profile and, and get on the list and be notified of, um, of the upcoming activities. And, and, and I just put out a whole schedule uh, with the calendar for the whole uh, deployment schedule in Georgia, uh, beginning the second week of December. I mean, every week, we're not, we're not gonna be there the week of Christmas, but every other week um, through January 5th, which is the date of special election.
1: Right. Well, and, I hope our listeners know Georgia's got some really nice mild weather if you're living in Utah. It could be a very pleasant place to visit. I plan on going out for a week myself um, in the next uh, well, in in Gen- er, sorry, in december. i'm I'm going to go out for a week. I'm looking at uh, the twelfth, I believe, is when I want to to go to Savannah and do some work down there and and see that beautiful city but uh, mike McClowski, um mighty american strike force thank you for all of your work on um, getting out the vote and making sure that uh, people exercise their their voice on election day
2: i am so glad to do it again. and we certainly appreciate all the support
1: all right, great. Well, you have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend holiday.
2: And you too. Thank you so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show. I'm Chris Kimball hosting today and the Liberty Moms are the defenders of the home front, the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their family and their community. And uh, I'm excited. We're going to we're going to shift gears before I introduce my next guest, though so I do want to to wrap up with what we talked about in the first um, two segments. The MASF Mighty American Strike Force, they do need volunteers and um, I was talking with my um, producer Brian, and w- we were discussing how a lot of, at least for me, a lot of my holiday normal functions have been canceled for various different reasons <laughs> that's going on connected to COVID. And I thought this year I actually have the time to be to take a week and, and go into Georgia. And as long as we have 40 degrees here and 30 degrees, 60 degrees sounds pretty nice, which is kind of the average temperature in Georgia. So anyway, um, uh, my next – so I I wanted to just throw that out because, again, as I mentioned earlier, I plan on being in Georgia the week of uh, uh, December 12th and 13th to to help with the Senate race there. But uh, my next guest is Kristen Chevrier, who is – Uh, the organizer and and the leader of Your Health Freedom here in Utah, and I've been wanting to talk to Kristen because she has just spent um, almost five weeks in Scotland, and Scotland is one of my um, all-time favorite countries to visit. I have Scottish um, ancestry, and so I think that's part of it, and then um, just my research on history and tours and uh, the tours that we take over to Great Britain and the traditions of Christ and... All of that get us into those deep um, long-standing traditions that have been part of Scotland and England but Kristen spent time there and so she's been on the other side of the pond and been in another lockdown environment that's different from uh, different similar but different than what we experience here in the United States and so I wanted to to kind of pick her brain and, and uh, find out a little bit more about her experience and so Kristen, you, you were there with your husband through work, right? That's right. Um,
5: his his business has an office over there, so he needed to go over there. And in order to be there at all, he had to do a two-week quarantine, which he had just done in September by himself. So he was, he was over there for a month in September. He came home for about 10 days, and then we went back.
1: And, so and leaving again, weeks. he had so he had to do four weeks of quarantine. Yeah, to be able to work over there.
5: Yep, <laughs> he could work on Zoom while he was there, and he was in their time zone, so that helped a little bit. But he was also working with his his office in in Utah, so he was trying to cross both time zones,
1: which is very hectic. I yeah. know. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Right, right. So the second time you decided you would join him. Yeah. And which I don't it, blame you. Yeah. <laughs> well,
5: I wanted to go the first time, but because of our symposium, I couldn't go. So um, when, it, when it came up again, of course, I wanted to go. And one of the reasons I wanted to go now is because I don't know when I'll be able to go again. Mm-hmm. So um, I went with him. And it was It was an interesting experience. It wasn't anything like when I've been in the UK in the past, because um, of the the quarantine and the lockdown and um, the. Well, do you want me to tell you what it was like? Yeah, or, I, well,
1: you know, in Utah especially, I mean, we have kind of a passive-aggressive lockdown. They they try to say, oh, we haven't locked you down, but then they things get put into place, mandates and and such, where it does affect um, businesses still. You know, oh, 10 o'clock, um, uh, you know, we've got a lot of restaurant and bars that are, are really, really struggling um, under mandates here in Utah, but we know that it's worse in other states, and where you were um, over in Great Britain, the UK, they're a lot more worse, right?
5: Yes, it depends on. They have a tiered system, so there's tier one, two, three, and four, and tier one isn't too bad. Um, but I did, I don't know if we were we may have been in one place that was in tier one. But technically, you're not supposed to travel between tiers. But if you're there for work, then you do what you have to do, right? So um, most of the time we were there, Glasgow was in a tier three. And the, and there was like a central belt that was in a tier three, which meant that restaurants could be open, but only until 6 p.m. and there's no alcohol. You, you couldn't buy any alcohol, which didn't affect me at all. But um, it affects a lot of other people. And then um, just as we were leaving Glasgow, they went into Tier 4, which means everything is closed except for what they decide are essential services. And that would include grocery stores, and I'm not sure what else um, in that area. So all of the the restaurants were completely closed. At the same time as Glasgow went to Tier 4, Edinburgh went to Tier 2. And tier two means that you can be, restaurants can be open later and they can serve alcohol. I think it's eight o'clock. Anyway, there, it's a little different. They, it seems to me that they have a little more organized way of doing it than we do. Ours seems to be whatever the governor or the local um, health authorities or whoever decides that they want to do. And then like in California, where Gavin Newsom says that the the um, the movie industry is an essential service, but restaurants are not an essential service, and you can't have indoor or outdoor dining. It's just so arbitrary. And um, the the one, well, I, I think that they're pretty consistent over there with masking out, are indoors, but you don't have to wear masks outdoors.
1: So they're not it's, um, they're not looking at an outdoor masking situation, which is something that the U.S. is very um, – that's almost – I mean, because even in Utah, they're encouraging you to wear a mask. You know, if you can't be more than six feet away from somebody at, at some point in time, you should be wearing a mask outside.
5: Yeah, um, and that's just silly – Mm-hmm. So they don't wear the masks um, outside at all. They they do wear masks in public places inside, um, but not in your homes. They, As far as I know, that's never been an issue. <clears throat> One thing that so, I did...
1: Oh, go ahead. Well, how did I keep track of you in quarantine? I mean, is it through your GPS? I mean... And if you were to break your quarantine, um, uh, you, you're you only allowed to go out and buy essentials. How does that work when you're under a quarantine?
5: So for the quarantine, you could go out and buy essentials, and you could go out to exercise. So that, that means you could go out walking, which I did a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I spent quite a bit of time each day walking around, partly because it was an opportunity to explore and partly because I needed it just to get out of the house and get the fresh air and movement. And um, so that's basically what you could do. We, um, I think you can, we did drive in our own car. We didn't go on public transportation, but we did drive around and see things in our own car, which from what I understand is also allowed the basic thing is that they just don't want you around other people. Hmm. So as long as we were outdoors or in our own vehicles and not close to anyone, I think it was fine. So, um, Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I forgot the other part of your question. Well, how do they monitor you to know if you've broken your quarantine? Oh, how would they I'm not really that?
5: sure. I know that they did call me at one point and ask me. Um, it was after I'd been there for two days. I got a phone call from and from. Well, it was yeah, it was a phone call from a number in Scotland. And I, I'm sure most people realize that if you're overseas on most plans, um, it costs a fair amount of money if you talk on the phone. And so I hadn't expected anyone to call. So I texted and I said, please text me. It's 25 cents a minute if I answer the phone and I can't listen to voicemails. And I got an immediate text back and they said, uh, the text said that they, it was NHS, which is their National Health Service or whatever, and, and they were checking in and wanted me to call this number. <laughs> so I had to call the number and wait on hold for, for 12 minutes. In order to talk to somebody who couldn't help me um but he could pass on the fact that i had called which is important because the message also said um that if i didn't call in in after three contacts they would send the police out to check on me and so obviously i didn't want that in a foreign country you don't want to be messing around with the rules
1: All right, well, we're up on a break. We'll be back after this quick message with Kristen Chevrier.
0: The number one gift in this stressful year, relaxation from Homedics. Soothing stress for over 35 years, Homedics is the top home massage products brand with gifts for every aching muscle on your list with free shipping on orders over $50. Holiday supplies won't last, so avoid the rush while you can at H-O-M-E-D-I-C-S dot com. Get the perfectly relaxing, perfectly affordable gift now at Homedics.com and major retailers everywhere.
4: We all have health goals, but let's face it, you are living in some fantasy world if you think you are suddenly about to start eating better. In fact, have you thought of this? How many different servings of fruit have you eaten today? How many servings of vegetables? And sorry dad, French fries and ketchup don't count. The experts recommend eating over 10 servings of fruits and vegetables each day. That's where balance of nature comes in, With three fruit and three veggie capsules, Balance of Nature gives you all your daily recommended servings and contains 31 different fruits and vegetables. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Change your life now by calling 800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA.
3: Do you think some of the top investors in the world are buying gold? Recently, a handful of billionaires have been accumulating gold over other forms of investments. When the world's financial moguls like Sam Zell begin choosing metals, perhaps it's time you listen and follow suit with your own personal investments. Gold is formally recognized as a hedge against currency depreciation and inflation. Take David Einhorn as one example. Einhorn founded Greenlight Capital in 1996 and surged that fund from $900,000 to as high as $11 billion. Einhorn believes that. That the central bank's recent stimulus efforts will have an effect on pushing up the value of gold. He keeps 10% of his firm's value stored in gold bullion. If you're interested in knowing more about gold, platinum, and palladium, call Noble Gold for a no-pressure consultation. They have the most experienced representatives and an exclusive pipeline to metal sources. Visit them at noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com.
1: Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting today, and I'm talking with Kristen Chevrier from Your Health Freedom, who recently returned from the U.K. and experienced two-week quarantine, which once I hear about it, it's not. it doesn't sound all terribly bad in the fact that you're allowed to go outside. They just are restricting you from really interacting with other British citizens um, until you've had this two-week of of uh quarantine. Now, did you have to be tested after the quarantine or or it was no, just No, okay. they checked.
5: They asked if we had symptoms, but this was that was the the phone call after I arrived 2 days after I arrived. They asked if I we had see. symptoms. Um but we didn't. So, um yeah, there was no after that. There was no checking in. Nobody called hmm. or anything.
3: We just finished the
5: quarantine and then then we were able to go out and and do whatever was open. You know, there are a lot of things that were closed. Right. Um, And everything that you went to, unless it was just an outdoor ruin that most people never go see, um, you had to make a reservation ahead of time. I see.
1: So, were you able to? Was say Edinburgh? You got into Edinburgh, right? Did you go to the castle by chance? Yes. And we did. And the castle was opened. It was
5: open. Parts of it were closed. Like we couldn't see the crown jewels. Oh shit! And yeah, there. In fact, we had been to that castle. Several years ago, right after we first got married, we had gone to that castle. And I remembered it being a lot more interesting than it was this time. And we were going through it. And I asked one of the docents if we had seen everything. I said, have Mm -hmm. we missed something? Because I feel like there should be more. And (laughs) there wasn't. So I, Well, they asked, did you see this, that, that. There were about five things that you could see. And the one thing that we had missed at that point was the War Museum. And so we went down and saw that. But that was all there was. So we didn't get to see the crown jewels.
1: Yeah, in the crown jewels is where they have the the um, the coronation stone or Jacob's pillow and all of that. Unfortunately, that's too bad. <laughs> right. So I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get right. to see it. Um, okay, so we're seeing acts of civil disobedience when we have... Um, tyranny forced upon us here in the States. Did you see anything like that going on in the UK? Did you see any um, people speaking out against um, lockdowns or you didn't see anything like that?
5: No, not at all. No, I, I did see there were people, everybody who was shopping, all of the shoppers at the stores were wearing masks. Occasionally I would see an employee that was not masked. Usually it's sitting behind plexiglass. So maybe that was the right trade-off. But I know here, all the employees are masked, even if they are behind plexiglass. So I, I think I prefer how they're treating their employees. I wish that everybody else didn't have to wear a mask, but.
1: Right. I mean, this idea that you have to um, double, triple shield yourself from this, I, I mean, the plexiglass, obviously, nothing is going to get through that. <laughs> but, um, right, okay, right. So, or
5: around it, nothing's going to around it. it.
1: Right. Um, so, uh, we're getting a lot of uh, media that's been shifting. Um, to focus on the vaccine with the uh, the news that um, we've got a couple of companies that have developed a vaccine in rapid speed. Warp speed is the term that's used. Uh, were, were you seeing any of that um, propaganda starting to surface over there about the benefit of the vaccine?
5: Yes, and there was a lot coming in. In fact, I was getting more from people here about what was happening in the UK as far as vaccines. They were posting articles from the UK um, talking about wanting to make sure that everybody was getting the vaccines and and rolling them out sooner rather than later and that kind of thing. So it's definitely happening over there. I don't think that they've started administering it in a widespread way yet. But it's definitely happening.
1: Well, it's interesting because they they threw things out a week or so ago about uh, uh, they're 95% effective, 90% effective. And then I think I saw where Pfizer was saying that um, they're worried because people need to be aware that their shot is a um, two-shot protocol. That it's just not mm-hmm. you. Just don't go in and get one shot, and then you're done. You have to go in and get two shots, which is um, just. Right. Can you imagine double the double the 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 uh, toxins in your body? But right, right and, and it's
5: not just toxins with this one. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff about this one that is different from most other vaccines that we've seen in the past. So, and the fact that they're saying that first of all, it was like oh, great, we're gonna have a vaccine, everything's gonna be fine, we can go back to normal. And then as soon as they start getting the, the, close to the approval process on the vaccines, they start saying, well, okay, it's not gonna, it's, well, they said it was 90 and 95% effective. And then they say, well, you're gonna to have to have multiple doses and we're still gonna to have to wear masks and we're still gonna to have to social distance. So what good is this anyway? We're, we're introducing all kinds of potential problems. There were adverse reactions. I'm trying to remember the the percentage of test subjects who had adverse reactions, but it was very, very high. Um, and they were obviously dismissed by Pfizer and, and the other organizations as being possibly from some other issue that the people had but this was over 50% of the people who got the vaccine having adverse events including all of the symptoms of covid
1: well so, and so and they they tried to when, when they were talking about the uh, the testing is that they were looking for people that had excellent health Right.
5: So when you when you look around, would you say that the majority of Americans right now have excellent health or the majority of people in the world? But the ones that I see most are Americans. Mm -hmm. How many young women do you know? And young men who have chronic illness right now? Right. Oh, lots. And I I would say uh, the majority of the people younger than I am mm -hmm. have some kind of chronic illness.
1: Yeah. Fertility issues. They have a hard time getting pregnant. That was unheard of. It was so rare when I was a a young mom and having my own babies um, to hear of anybody having to do in vitro. or. And now it's like very common where people have really challenges even trying to get pregnant. And that is a direct result of toxins in their environment or what this new vaccine does with the RNA, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It
5: actually, the the way it works is it goes into your body and it, and it inserts RNA that then replicates in your body. The, The possibilities for damage are just horrific with this vaccine. And it's not like they're trying to hide that from you. If you look around a little bit, you can see articles all over the place from the manufacturers, from people like Fauci, or not, I mean, they didn't write the articles, but there are articles including quotes from these people warning that that the vaccine is not going to be, um, it's not going to be perfect, that there are going to be a lot of adverse reactions. In fact, they're even planning they're they're actively um, reaching out to form a I don't know exactly what you would call it but a committee a coalition um, to to handle all of the adverse reactions that they're expecting to see from this vaccine
1: especially when you have such a large rollout where you have people large amounts of people are being vaccinated at one time, you you really are going to be able to tell that there's a problem with the vaccine, because that's what happened with the, the swine flu, right? The H1N1. Right.
5: right, right. A lot of people were injured, and so they ended up pulling that vaccine. Coronavirus vaccines have never worked. They've never, they have not done what they were supposed to do, and they have been extremely dangerous. Another thing that people need to understand about this particular vaccine is that they have a special dispensation um, of exemption from liability. So right now, most vaccine manufacturers are
1: not liable,
5: no, vaccine manufacturers are not liable for injury caused by their products, not most they're just not well,
1: Kristen we are on a hard end of our show I so appreciate you coming on and I hope our listeners will realize that um, you can visit your health freedom for more information but be sure to investigate closely what you're injecting into your body before you make that decision and Kristen thank you for joining us today this has been the Liberty Mom Show and we will um, be with you next week